And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson, not Doc Manson. This is an egg sandwich. It is on a um, ciabatta roll. It is delicious. DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Now, as someone who does not eat eggs at all, um, do you often eat eggs for dinner? No, but I will say... One of the great joys in life is having breakfast for dinner. If you could have the ultimate breakfast for dinner, what would it be? French toast. You can do like a overly sweet breakfast food as a meal, most like a regular on the regular. Are you saying that French toast is overly sweet? I'm not saying it's overly sweet, but it's predominantly sweet. I mean, it's Maybe. definitely sweet more than it's savory. I can do sweet for breakfast. As we all well know, I will make pancakes a couple times a week. And yes, I will shave chocolate or put chocolate chips into them. Um, I do not, however, do overly sweet things for lunch and dinner. I need savory at that point. Well, that's unfortunate for you. And again, I, I'm not wild about breakfast for dinner because I don't eat eggs. So I'm not wild about breakfast for breakfast. If I could, I would just make a lunch or a dinner and eat it at breakfast and have been known to do that from time to time. Well, what can I tell you? This is why you don't get any joy out of life. I get plenty of joy out of life. I'm eating these delicious pretzel sticks. That's a lie. That come pretzel in the yellow box that you are probably not remember from your child. One, pretzel sticks, not delicious. Two, you have any idea how much sodium is in those things? My God, man. One of my favorite things to do if I buy a bag of pretzel sticks and eat to the bottom is to then when you put your finger in and you just try to collect all of the salt there at the bottom. I'm going to say this as a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. There was a point in my life where when I tasted my skin, it was predominantly salty. It's no longer that way. In I, all fairness, I, you do sweat a lot. I do. I do. Let me ask you this odd question. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I don't know how often you use onions in your cooking, and mm, I know frequently. That, and do you often prepare the onions yourself? Um, not often these days, but I have in the past. Yeah. When I chop an onion, mm -hmm. the next time I take a shower, it smells like onions in the bathroom. Huh? Is that normal, <laughs> Doctor Manson? I mean, am I, am I gonna die? <laughs> How are you preparing these onions? Like, are you chopping them and then rolling around in them on the floor? Step or... one. I take off all my clothes. <laughs> okay, I think I found your problem. No, I, I prepare it in the usual way where you just take a knife and a cutting board 
and you dice them yeah. and you throw them in the pan. I don't know. It's always been that way. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I would cut onions when I worked in the restaurant, I would chop them, you know, gallons of chopped onions at a time. And that would that would permeate you. Yes, that would get on your skin. It'd be in your shirt. You would smell like onions the rest of the day, even through a shower, you would still smell like onions. So I mean, it's, it's possible, but that was a massive quantity that we would do. Did you enjoy being a short order cook? I did, yeah. This is actually going to tie in because when thinking of the show, the, one of the hashtags that has been on my Twitter feed all day is um, my high school years in five words. And, you know, we've touched on it, but I don't know how, like, in-depth – We've discussed the high school antics of young Dr. Manson and young DC Matthews. I don't know that necessarily how many antics there were, knowing us the way I do. But um, my assumption is that young DC has few antics outside of a trip to a foreign country. Well, it depends on your definition of antic, I suppose. But you worked that with your was that your first job? Yeah, working at the at, at the restaurant as a short order cook. I mean, I didn't start as a short order cook. I started, you know, front of house taking orders and stuff, uh, cleanup duty. But yeah, eventually I, working at that same place, I became a short order cook. Yeah. How bad is it to take out the trash at a restaurant like that? Awful. Because it's just, a lot of it's mostly like food product that, and in the heat of the ovens, it just kind of oozes. It's not good. It makes an awful odor. I mean, really what you do is... You learn to hold your breath, mm-hmm. and so you 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 open you 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 breathe in as deep as you can, and then as quickly as possible you, you fling open the garbage container. You lift up the bag. You tie it off as tightly as you can seal it. Um, at that round, somewhere around getting it out of the bag, you're going to have to get a breath in. So you just at that point, then you hold it at arm's length for as long as possible, which is difficult, mind you, because this is a heavy bag full of trash, and you just Quickly go as fast as you can to the dumpster and heave it in. Not pleasant. Not pleasant. So how long did it take before you graduated from front of the house to working in the kitchen? I don't know. I think it was a fair while, to be honest. I think I worked front of house mostly for, I'd say maybe at least two years. Um, And then I think my first foray into the kitchen, I was doing uh, the fryers. So that's, you know, um, pretty simple. How, how dangerous of a job is that, though? Fairly. Any major injuries to speak of? Um, yeah. I, I mean, one time when I was cleaning the fryers, you know, you, you take this big vat of hot oil and you sort of pour it through a filter um, manually. I definitely did have one time when I had uh, oil, like, flow back through this, um, I can't remember what it was. It was some sort of instrument that had, like, a channel in it. And it flowed back into the palm of my hand, and uh, I definitely had probably a second-degree burn at the least. It might have been third, but uh, my whole palm of my hand just was a domed blister. Yeah. Um, and it took a long time for that to heal. So. Yeah. Now, when you put the oil through a filter, are you reusing the oil? Yeah. Yeah, you you're filter it out. Put it, yeah. Ideally, you'll, feel, you'll clean it once a day until you're going to change it. And, you know, you probably change it. Once every few days. Okay. It depends, it depends they, on what volume of food is going through the oil. It ages quicker, depending. They you know? encourage you to 
you know, if you're even if you're doing home fry, they encourage you to like get a coffee can and save the oil because it'll actually, if you use it only a couple of times, it'll actually imbue the oil yeah. with the flavor of whatever it is you're frying. Sure. Yep. So um, you definitely notice the difference between French fries made with fresh oil and oil on its way out. Yeah, that makes sense. So you mentioned doing prep work. Well, you know, so you, you're chopping gallons of onions or, you you know, chopping Onions, tomatoes. peppers, tomatoes, making salads, making, you know, chef salads, making rolls of uh, ham and turkey and roast beef and slicing those for the salads. How much uh, of that can you, like, you know, how many af- – out of how many rolls do you just pop one in your mouth? Or was that not, just me? That's just you. I mean, okay. don't get me wrong. Like, I probably would at home, and I probably did it first when I was, you know. But it's at the same time, at the restaurant, like, it's not your food, and it's not, um, you know, you're, you're working. So, you know. Never stop. <laughs> yeah, well. Back when I worked at Taco Bell. Mm, I love Taco Bell to this day. So walk me through. If I were to have come there, young DC Matthews arrives to young Doc Manson's restaurant, and I tell Doc Manson, Hey, everybody! Me... Get a load of this kid who smells like onions! <laughs> After the what'd you roll? What'd you roll around in him? What'd you do there? What, you what was reek! The doc, what was the Doc Manson specialty? If you were to make yourself some food back there, did you have something that you made? Yeah. Did you I play mean... around with, you know... A recipe again. We're not talking like high cuisine here, but no. But like, I would take a hamburg, and I would pat that out into a real thin patty, like two of them, and then, um, well, before I did that, I would I would mix in like you know maybe some garlic powder, some onion powder. I would get some jalapenos, dice those up really fine, minced really. Get those into the uh, into the beef, mix it all together, spread out a real two real thin patties. Get some cheese, like mozzarella from the pizza bay. Put that on the top of the first patty. Get the second patty on top. Seal it all the way around. You're making a Juicy Lucy. Uh, I call it a monster burger, but yeah, you can call it whatever you like. And then fry, you know, grill that up. Put some cheese on top. Put it on a bun. Lettuce, tomato, pickles, the whole nine yards, you know. Good choice. Delicious. Good choice. I used to also like like to make a Cajun roll. There was this chicken that I would make like a... Cajun seasoning just with lettuce and mayonnaise. Very good. Yep. Yeah, I like to take the, you know, but again, because I don't have, I'm not, you know, I worked at Taco Bell despite the fact that I don't like guacamole or sour cream. I'm not sure that they had guacamole at Taco Bell back when you worked there. It's possible. But I, you know, I was just very simple. You take one of those chalupa shells. Yes, yes. A fried gordita shell, of course. Yeah. Fried pita. Yes, right. Hey, you could put yeah. anything in that and be delicious. Exactly. Little steak, three cheese blend, little lettuce, onions, quite delicious. There you go. All right. I used to like making pizzas. Pizzas were fun. I got to the point where I could go from you know start to finish, starting with the ball of dough to getting that puppy in the oven like ninety seconds, wow. like a fully topped you know pizza. Do you ever miss it? I, yeah, absolutely. Do you ever that wish was- they? Would that be a secondary career path in 10 years when we're doing this podcast? Will you have opened your own restaurant? I mean, it seems unlikely, but <laughs> but I, I enjoyed I mean, there's something to be said for, um, 
I don't know. I don't mean this in a bad way. There's something to be said for jobs where you can just sort of get into a routine. You can turn your brain off, and it's just yeah. this is what I'm doing. You know, I I always enjoyed it. I think for that. That's one of the reasons I enjoy cooking. Is it's a totally different thought process, and when it's something that you've made many many times before, you know, it is kind of automatic, and you I plus you get to eat it. Well, yes, that's true. But that didn't stop me in the restaurant business either. So Yeah, well. Which is probably why my restaurant experience, like four and a half months, <laughs> and then that was the end of that. This is, yeah. So this is why uh, we'll never be partners for a restaurant <laughs> venture. Oh, come on. Doc in DC's? What a great restaurant name. Yeah, I don't think so. All right. Uh, I, I felt like we, you know, we we hadn't done some food talk there in a while and that's that is a it is a trademark of the show uh did you enjoy high school sticking to that subject before we move into the actual wrestling at the time less so i didn't i don't remember enjoying it until really senior year yeah i definitely enjoyed senior year i probably enjoyed parts of junior year i mean i don't get me wrong i definitely had conflicts with people um so there were probably moments I didn't enjoy very much, but for the most part, I can't really, for the most part, I, I recognized very early on, I think that high school was all about beating the system and yeah, I, I, I can't really speak back. Like I got credit for like an independent study class where I designed a who done it caper that was like a school wide event for like two or three days. Like, was it like forensics? Because I remember yes. my high school biology class, we did a forensics. Sort well, of we thing. we had an elective class at our high school that was all forensics. The entire semester was wow. forensics, and I did that my junior year. So for my senior year, I did independent study with that teacher, and like I said, they had done like a smaller who done it as part of the forensics class, and I just went all out. I I did, um, we called it the. It was, the school mascot was a certain thing that had alliteration. I'm not going to say it, but it was the blank salamander project. And it was sort of a, just post, you know, the Blair Witch project. We, we, we had a blast. We went out into the woods with a camcorder. We had a teacher in drag. Like we had like video record. That was amazing, amazing stuff. And like I said, it became like this school wide actual event where like everybody was participating for a few mm -hmm. days. It was kind of fun. We had a we went uh, crazy. A, tele a television media production class that I took mm. junior year. And the whole idea is if you pass the class and the teacher liked you, you had full access to the audiovisual lab. Mm -hmm, for, mm -hmm. like, so my senior year, I remember at one point we had to do some we, – we did some video where Ayn Rand was wrestling Leo Tolstoy. <laughs> and I was – I think I was Tolstoy, but at one point, I, this guy who is 6'4", you know, well over 300 pounds, picks me up for a powerbomb. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm literally, he got me all the way, like, inverted. I, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, there were parts of high school that were very fun. And I'm sure GQ and I have talked. If not, we will talk because about, about some of the things that we did. But up until then, it was just... You know, there's a lot of kids who thought they were, you know, cool and definitely gave me a lot of grief. But I never I never took that grief. You know what I mean? Like you wanted to 
come at me, I was coming right back at you. And so you, you, pretty soon a, people learned you could not. You're not opposed to confrontation. No. I mean, there was a kid who, um, this was probably middle school, like eighth grade or so. I was, this was in concert band. We're practicing. The kid comes up behind me, wails me in the head with a drumstick. Why? Because he was a dickhead. I mean, that's really all there is to it. I, I said, if you ever do that again, I will destroy you. And of course, immediately after I turn around again, he does it again. And so I stood up. I said, that's it. Now you're going to die. I grabbed him by the neck and I choke slammed him onto the concrete floor of that band room. And I admittedly got in the whole crap load of trouble for that. But I don't regret – I mean, I regret it a little bit to this day because I could have done serious damage to that guy, kid. I wasn't thinking at the time. I lost my temper. I was a very you know, emotional been, teenager. I certainly it was. Been, it would have been better if you choke slammed him through a timpani. It would have been that's great. where I was really hoping that no, story was No, it didn't going. go there. But, but I just – again, I, I was a less popular kid, you know, and always very intelligent, nerdy, whatever. But it quickly became obvious – that you did not fuck with Doc Manson because he could back it up. Sorry, Mrs. Matthews, if you're listening, but I don't know how else to express that sentiment. It's really Mama Matthews you have to worry about, but that's okay. Oh, who did I say? Mrs. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I meant Mama. Sorry. That's fine. Hi, Mom. Misspoke. If you're listening. If you're listening. Um, how much trouble did you get in? Like, cause For that I'm one? Just, I'm just thinking like right now, in, in today's educational system, you would probably be expelled. I, I had in-school suspension, I think, for a day. All right. That's not so bad. Yeah. I remember in school being told that, like, if you were suspended, that was the end of your professional career. Like, you would never make it <laughs> in the world if you were suspended. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, I definitely have some regrets about that now. But at the same time, like... I have no regrets for physically standing up for myself. No. I never was physical with anybody who was not physical with me first. Um, so I don't really have any real regrets about that. Although, again, I could, probably could have been going, smarter about it. You weren't it. going around choke slamming people for no reason. No, not at all. Um, I, had a, I had a habit in middle school of meaning, like, meaning well, but being like, hey, let me try this, and then putting people in the Texas Cloverleaf. <laughs> <laughs> you're awesome <laughs> and then being like this actually hurts and i'm like no it doesn't come on it's wrestling and you know uh-huh uh-huh um yeah no, that, we were, i remember there was this one pe class we were outside playing soccer and again not very athletic not a sports person doing my best to do whatever out there just to keep the coach off my back and there's this kid he was a grade older than us um and tall man was there because he was in the same class as me you know, friend of the show, tall guy. Um, and we were outside playing soccer, and this kid was, like, on, you know, like, varsity soccer team. Like, he was, you know, he was going circles around us, and, like, just, he was, this guy was a dick. Like, a grade A dick. And, like, he pegged tall guy, like, he kicked the ball and just pegged him, like, right, you know, in the head. And then he did the same thing, hit me in the gut, and I was just like, okay, that's it. Like, I am not taking any more of this and so th i was smarter at this point i was i was covering my tr so i waited until he was you know in a breakaway like he was gonna go to get a goal and so i just ran 
as fast as I could. Cause I was actually a pretty fast sprinter. I wasn't very athletic, but I was a very fast actually. Um, I think I had like the, the, at the time, the time for like a 50 meter dash. I was a very good sprinter. Um, I, I, uh, I just sprinted after him and I, I just made it look like I was trying to block the ball, but I'll be perfectly honest with you on this show right now. I 100% as fast and as hard as I could. I kicked him directly in the kneecap. He went down like a mother trucker. And he never bothered us again. Never played soccer again. I don't know about that, but he was he was one of those kids who like he it was one of those things like every day he'd see you, he'd be picking on you, doing different things. But from that day forward, he never messed with us again. And again, I, I don't, I feel some satisfaction about it now, maybe, but I do think that's misplaced because, like, that wasn't, I, looking back on it, I'm more of a pacifist now, but I had such a temper on me when I was younger, and I just, I don't know, man, oh, he still deserved it. That's all I can say me. is he I, deserved it. I was, you know, this close to getting choke slammed. On the DDT awards. <laughs> I know you were. Absolutely. Oh, uh, yeah. Your, 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 your thought that I, my high school years were fairly anticlimactic and there were not a lot of antics. I was a terrified, paranoid child, which makes mm. sense because I am now terrified, <laughs> paranoid adult. Of course. So, I mean, I did a um, lot of drama club did you do drama club in high oh, yeah. school yeah oh yeah i was in the play all four years not we didn't do any musicals we were they had they had the theater classes that did musicals looking back at it i think i know why i was picked on as much as i was but i still enjoyed it we we are both relative nerds oh i mean 100 percent. and i joined the wrestling team which helped it did because mm-hmm. not only did i have a pretty good sense but then you've got because the the wrestling team was a had a very large part of I don't know if you had FFA at your school the Future Farmers of America, but we had a big agriculture department. And yeah, there were kids from other towns who came to my high school solely for the agriculture department, and so they were on the team too. And so all of a sudden, I have the Southern boys with the farmer strength um, <laughs> yeah. backing me up, and yep. so you know, so that did help. And you know, it I don't know about you, you could. You are a very nice, gregarious person. I'm sure you were friends with everybody. But, um, I mean, but I yeah, was mostly. I, I, I kind of felt like at so the early parts of the year, I was kind of a chameleon. I would kind of just slide into a group and I could hang with them. Yes. And I didn't really do a whole lot. And then if I needed to, I could kind of back out of that group and move over to this group and go. Yes, I, very much. I was, I got along with pretty much everybody except for those few people who were just out and out dicks and usually like i said once you show them that you're not going to take that behavior yes then you were fine with them too i remember at one point there was a kid who was bothering me and i think it was a teacher said dc i think it was my wrestling coach actually he was like dc you never want to worry about the kids who are peaking in high school there you go. Because there are those kind of kids who high school is the greatest time of their lives. And I'm like, oh, God, you poor person. Because <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Uh huh. Yeah, but I remember I think it was like really like six weeks into college. And I'm sitting in the hallway of our floor. And tall guy's there. And the puppet guy is there. And, I'll, and I'm like, man, high school was terrible. <laughs> college was so much better. 
I mean, I look back fondly on high school now. I mean, there's a lot of firsts in high school that, you know, you look back and you're, you're fond about, but I, I, I don't know. It wasn't I, as bad as a lot of people, I think, make it out to be. I don't. Th- I honestly don't think it was that bad. It, but again, like, I just I, I figured out I early a, that it wasn't about playing the system; it was about yeah. beating the system. So. I remember walking around in, uh, like after graduating, I have my cap and gown on, and I feel, and I think I said at one point, like, high school taught me how to bullshit. Yeah, and. That's I, re- I, I can remember there was one we did a block schedule for a while yeah. and I remember there was like one day when I had like two study halls at the end of the day and then like I also just had like this one block of physics for an hour and a half and like that was the only thing standing between me and like four hours of freedom and tall guy was in the same boat and so we literally we went to our physics teacher and we're like we're gonna leave is that okay and he was like well I mean, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> and we're like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and we left. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Senior year, like, there was a – because my parents did not let me have a study hall until uh, senior year. Okay. This so, was senior year. I mean. Yeah. So, but you had – you know, I don't know if you had to do a And it was definitely project. towards the end of senior oh, yeah. year. <laughs> I don't know if you had a senior project. Um, what do you mean? So every senior had to do a project where you had to write a paper. You had to do some sort of project. Maybe it was a service project. It could have been something oh, else. Yeah, I don't think and we did. you had to write a paper. And it was a graduation requirement. So, but once you finished that, <laughs> literally the first 90 minutes of your day, there was nothing going on. So the second half of the year, I'm like getting to school at like 9 o'clock, despite the fact that it starts at 7. Or you show up and you're just like um, – gonna go <laughs> to the history office and oh man know. i remember in high school you could go to the cafeteria and like you know it was mostly just pre-made food or whatever but you could special order they'd put it in the oven it was nothing special it was just a plain bagel with ham and american cheese on it that they would toast oh. up and i just re- i just i don't know how that popped in there but i would get those all the time like yeah. as a breakfast sandwich they were so freaking mm-hmm. Good. Well, and, 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 you know, you learned very quickly, or at least I did, and I'm sure you did. You learned very quickly that if you make friends with the right people, uh-huh. you can own the building. Yeah. Because we did that. A friend of mine and I, not GQ, different friend, uh, at one point we realized the same kind of thing. We realized there's like one class that separates us from having like the next three hours off. So we went to the teacher and we explained the situation. And he was just like, I trust that you'll figure out what you missed. This and is, so we went right. we went out to lunch and we felt like gods. Yes. Because here we are, <laughs> like, you know, we're 17, maybe 18, and we drive off campus and, like, literally we've got, like, the windows. De- yeah, it was the most ridiculous thing in the world. Oh, man. We went, we went to the local, like, pizza place and we're eating pizza at, like, one in the afternoon being like, we should be in school right now. <laughs> <laughs> So that's just popped into my head. It's, I'd like to point out it's been almost a half an hour and we haven't talked. Care. Okay. I don't care. So the, it was a junior year and at my school they would do a junior senior variety show where you could come with whatever sort of acts you wanted to sure. do and you would rehearse them and get into the show. And so I actually wrote like three or four comedic skits like Monty Python-esque yeah. sort of things. And one of them was called The Unfortunate Case of the Angry Chair. It was about this <laughs> – that's a great title. That's Isn't a fantastic it? title. 
Um, so there was this recliner at, at Tall Guy's house that you would sit in, and sometimes for, it was like it was like once in a while when you reclined in it, there was like this spring mechanism that would just kick in, and it would it would it would recline back so quickly and so hard that you would just literally flip over backwards into the chair, and so that was the basis of this thing, and you know it was just this it was the chair we. It was the whole skit was basically the chair, a guy standing next to it, and somebody who comes up who wants to sit in the chair, and the guy basically not doing a very good job of trying to dissuade the person from sitting in the yes. chair. And of course, it ends with you know somebody flipping in the chair. Um, so it was the whole point of this is the whole point of me telling that story is we had to get the recliner to the auditorium at the high school so that it could be part of the show. And at that time, tall guy was driving. It was this really old. Um, convertible. I don't remember what kind of car it was, but it was like an 80s car, real boxy, like barely running, but it was a convertible. You could put the top down. And mind you, this was like a variety show that was probably going on like December. Yeah. And so we put the hood down because it was the only way we could get the recliner into the car. Hood down, recliner in the back seat, him in the front, me in the passenger side, and we're driving to the school, and we just think to ourselves, mind you, it's probably like a 15 degree, maybe not 15 degrees, but it was probably like 35 degrees. It was a winter morning, and for whatever reason, we decided we were going to go through the Dunkin' Donuts drive through and get coffee culottas. <laughs> and so we're driving up to the school with our coffee culottas in this convertible with a recliner in the back. I want to say Tall Guy had like a tuxedo on. It might have been, again, for the variety show. I, I don't remember exactly. Um, it was just a brilliant moment. And I haven't thought about that in years. Yes. But oh, man. Yes. So good. It's those sorts of things. There are those kind of moments. You know, I did not have. Uh, a, a huge number of firsts in high school. <laughs> Let me just shock the world right now. Yeah. Um, okay. But, but yes, but I, it was moments like that where you were just like, if this is what adulthood is like, count me in. <laughs> I will say I, I since becoming an adult quote unquote, I, uh, I have never loaded a recliner into the back of a convertible on a frigid New England morning and gone through a Dunkin' Donuts drive through and ordered a coffee culotta. So, well, I'm not sure that is what adulting is, but man, I wish no, that it was. But you have the freedom to be able to do that. I suppose, although I don't have a convertible. Not yet. Something to aspire to, yeah? Midlife crisis. Give there it you 10 go. years. You'll get one. There you go. All right. Well, that was a lovely walk down memory lane, and thank you for joining, joining me on that. Um, we should talk about some wrestling, because yes, we are 30 minutes in. There's some things that are going on, you know, not a ton. Are but there? Some... The mixed match, the mixed match, the mixed match challenge, Doc Manson, is a thing. Yes, and it is. it's happening. Okay. And I, I, I do want to start there because we do have, oh, we have two emails now. Um, we got an email from our, one of the new besties, Ryan, the ultimate warrior. And he has a question on the Mixed Match Challenge. And I just want to get your thoughts on this whole thing. Not that you're going to watch, but I'm just curious. Uh, let's let's get to that. DDTWrestling at gmail.com is the email. Let's hear what Ryan has to say. With the first WWE Mixed Match Challenge nearly upon us, there are still a handful of big-name superstars that are not involved. What? If any teams of superstars not currently in the brackets would you have liked to see in the competition? 
if I didn't have a document shared with you that listed all of the teams, how many of them could you name off the top of your head? Oscar and Miz. Yeah. Sammy Zayn and Becky Lynch. Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura and Natalia. Yeah. Alicia Fox and Goldust. Wow. You you would have had more than me. Yeah, I think that's about all I know. Oh, and, and I know Strowman and Bliss because... That's a great team. They had a great little still of them that really looked like a Brazers uh, <laughs> advertisement that you just had to slap the words on there and it would have been... Ooh, oh, boy. All right. Well, let me go through because they've released, you know, this is going to be a 12-week thing on Facebook Watch, whatever that is. And um, yeah, I'm uh, still not exactly sure what Facebook Watch even apparently is. Apparently, they're going to do one match a week for the first thing. Like, it's going to be one match a thing because it's only going to be like 20-minute episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, um, week one, Finn Balor and Sasha Banks will take on the team of Shinsuke Nakamura and Natalia. Before we get to that, okay. where, where, where are you going? I just I want to point out I really like the way that they've been introducing the teams, these little video vignettes that are almost like surprise prom proposals. Like yeah. it, it's I, it's the, dumb. The Sammy and Becky one was my favorite. That was good, but I also really like the Natalia one. I don't know if you saw that one because I, don't know if I saw all of them. Shinsuke came out and Natalia was like, oh, thank God, you're not Sami Zayn. And then she just kept saying it. It's like she was like jumping up and down. Not Sami Zayn. Not Sami Zayn. <laughs> and I was just like, all right. I, I have to tell you, I, it'll be difficult for me to like to figure out how to watch this. They're doing an amazing job. Yeah. I'm buying in because it looks like, and I tweeted this out, it looks like they're having fun. Yes, agreed. Uh, and I like that they're doing Raw versus SmackDown. Like, I think yeah. that's like the first six weeks. It's a Raw team versus a SmackDown team. This might be, and, and I'd have to try to go back to see if it happened in NXT. Have Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura wrestled each other? I don't remember the match, but I'm not wild about both of them. So Didn't I Didn't they have a big, long feud in NXT? Or no, Shinsuke feuded with Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe feuded with Finn Balor. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. I'm looking it up. They might have wrestled once. Okay, yeah. They wrestled once All right. in NXT, July of 2016. But, um, but and, you know, just the fact that that's going to be a face-off, that, you know, so that's week one. I do think it's strange how they're mixing face and heel characters, and actually, mm-hmm. especially in those vignettes, like Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch were very happy to be paired together, yes. and Although, I found that very surprising. It was funny because, you know, after Sami Zayn reveals himself with his fake beard and hat that he's wearing. Over his beard. Yes. I love that. Yes. She's like, you can be the, the, you can go back to being the good Sami Zayn. He's like, well, I've been the same Sami Zayn the whole time. But yes, it's exciting. (laughs) Again, it's just, they're having, they're having fun with it. It feels like it's almost something, it's almost like Southpaw Regional Wrestling. It's happening completely outside the canon Mm -hmm. of... It What's seems to be the case, so and I like two, it. Week two is The Miz and Asuka versus Big E and Carmella. We're going to get Asuka and Carmella. That should be entertaining. That should be something. Week three, Strowman and Bliss versus Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch. I will find a way to watch for week three. I want to watch Braun Strowman lawn dart Sami Zayn <laughs> into like the eighth row. Yeah, that's going to be good. 
week four. Let's see what's week four. Goldust and Alicia Fox versus whichever Uso is married to Naomi and Naomi. Are you sure it's the one married to Naomi? Is it sure it's not the other Uso? That would be hilarious. I bet you it is. (laughs) I hope Um, it is anyways. Week five is Elias and Bailey versus Rusev and Lana. That'll be great. Lana is an excellent wrestler. And then week six is Apollo Crews and Nia Jax versus Bobby Roode and Charlotte Flair. So, again, you know, and then it's going to be tournament set up, except in week... It's weird. Oh, no. How's that going to work? They've got eight teams, but they're not doing it in a tournament style. Like, if you go to the semifinals, three of the teams will advance. Oh, because it's only 12. That's why. Got it. Okay. Took me a while to figure out how that's going to work. Okay. So, yeah. So, in the semifinals, the three semifinal teams, and then the fans will vote in a fourth team to get a second chance. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, I'm excited. This looks, you know, it looks interesting. Uh, As to Ryan's question, handful of big name superstars that are not involved. What if any superstars would I like to see in the competition? I don't know about teams because, you know, the problem is they've got most of the, with the exception of like Absolution and the Riot Squad, they've got most of the female talents. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess I would. Not in it there. would be cool to have like maybe a couple NXT people mixed in there. Like, I'd like to see Samoa Joe and Nikki Cross. Maybe that would be great. I was, I was just thinking, like, you know, Paige doesn't have a partner. I, the first name that came to mind is not someone you would partner with her on television. Do tell DC Matthews. Well, Paige is on Raw and New Day is on SmackDown. So you're not going to put work. them together. I just because that, that's just, yeah. But um, <laughs> literally just popped into my head. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, you know, and yeah, NXT Superstar would be great. I'd love to see hmm, what would be a good team there. Ember Moon and hmm, who would team well with Ember Moon? Lars one. (laughs) Well, that's true. Let's get Dana Brooke and Titus O'Neil in there. I want to give WWE a lot of credit, and I, I, I I kind of put this down. I feel like despite the fact that SmackDown claims to be the land of opportunity, Monday Night Raw right now, you've got Jason Jordan, who is who took a terrible idea and has made it better. I won't say great, but he's made it better. I love he's doing the Kurt Angle heel shtick. Mm-hmm. So he you know I think got, I said some time ago. That's exactly how this was going to go. Well, you were right then. If that's the case, then you were exactly correct because he's doing it. He's and it's working much better than I expected it to. I really thought this was going to be something that they like retcon. I think I made the I think I made the comparison to The Rock and Rocky Maivia. Like I said, they were setting him up in such a way that the audience is going to reject him, and it's just going to go from there. Yes. But again, Dana Brooke, like, you know, despite the fact 
Well, let's it's not despite the fact. Let's not ignore the fact that Titus O'Neil and Apollo Cruz won. Yep. They beat Debar. Is Seamus really injured? Like, I don't how know. Serious, how serious is this? Um, it could be pretty serious. The only thing I had heard was it's a similar injury to uh, what Edge uh, has, oh, which wow. could mean uh, well, end of a career. So oof. That would be rough because Seamus, I never was wild about Seamus originally. and he. I really you know. liked his initial heel run, but after that, he lost a lot of luster. But his initial heel run, I, I enjoyed quite a bit. Hmm. Wow. Either way, but yes, and then Dana Brooke pulling this Terry Runnels, Alexandra York statistician sort of thing. Like, it it worked. She announced for the Women's Royal Rumble, because she had to, because every woman's got to be in there. Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you think of Matt Hardy's new theme? It's Is that the one with the piano? It's... It's got a lot of his laughter right away. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's laughter into the piano. It's good. Yeah, the, the, the only thing I think is the only thing I think is strange about the entrance is the Titan Tron that still says Hardy Boys. Wow, well, that's that's the only thing I think is weird. Give it time. Eventually, it'll just be thousands of Matt Hardy faces laughing. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but again, I think uh, you know. Monday Night Raw is doing stuff with new superstars, with the exception of maybe Mojo Raleigh on SmackDown, and I guess technically Sami Zayn. I don't know how much opportunity the SmackDown superstars are getting, but again, I'm not. I'm watching Raw way more than I'm watching SmackDown. So well, and SmackDown is a shorter show, and in all fairness, SmackDown right now is 100% about Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. Yeah, but so it's just, you're not wrong. Um, what did you think of Braun Strowman and his grappling hook? I didn't see the whole segment. All I saw was him pulling down the scaffolding. And, you know, as long as Braun keeps doing dumb monster things, I am going to continue to be a fan. Is that like good lucha things? Yeah. (laughs) Dumb monster things? Uh Uh-huh. It was great. The dumber the better. The fact that it wasn't like a pre-attached rope on the scaffolding, the fact that he had to spin and throw a grappling hook just expands the dumb quotient to me to the point that this is, again, just like we said before, he manages to be wrestle silly and like serious at the same time. Oh, yeah. And it's fantastic. Because the ca- and the camera work, I, I think some people were saying it was a little too herky jerky to appreciate, but because it, it filmed almost the kind of like a Blair Witch way, like they kept going back and forth between cameras, and at one point you've got Braun, and it's just a close up of him as he's straining to pull it down, and it was just amazing. And then the whole thing falls down, and you're like, yeah, he probably could pull that down. But yeah, it wasn't. You know, it was. Brock and Kane were brawling on the ramp. Then they disappeared backstage. Then Braun attacked. He put Brock through a table first. (laughs) Then he put Kane, I think, through a table. No, then he lifted up one of those big, you know, crates that carries all the lighting. And he threw that at Kane. And then he pulled the thing down. It was just like, oh, it's so good. Braun Strowman can do no wrong right now. He is amazing. 
I still can't believe we're talking about Braun Strowman this way. Like, when this guy debuted with the Wyatt family, this guy in the half-spandex pants who who was doing that bear uh, hug finisher. Yeah, who looks like the guy from, what's, Bloodsport. Yeah. I just, it's amazing that we are where we are with this guy, because I I never would have guessed I'd be a fan. Considering he skipped NXT. Like, he was a rosebud for a while, and now he's... Because this is... I, well, that bodes know, this, well for Sarah Logan, then. I like Sarah Logan a lot. I This is a bold statement for me to make, and I'm not really thinking, but this is the kind of thing that we thought with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin did these ridiculous things, and it wasn't, you know, but he drove the beer truck out. You know, he went and hit Vince McMahon with a bedpan. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, what are we going to see Stone Cold Steve Austin do next? That's what we're doing with Braun Strowman. Yep. What it's crazy great. monster thing is Braun Strowman going to do this week? It, it just between Braun and, you know, Southpaw, this mixed max challenge stuff. Like, I just feel like they're letting people have fun and be entertaining and I know that sounds really weird for that to be like a positive change in an entertainment company that they're letting their performers be entertaining. But that's it's, it's what's happening. And it's well, there was so much there was such a long time where that wasn't the case. I am mad at you. Flip card. I am going to take yes. the title flip card. <sighs> yes. You know, I didn't watch the obviously my lost years were doing a lot of the ruthless aggression era, but it didn't seem like there was a lot of that sort of thing. No. And then Kevin Owens shows up and the festival of friendship and the list and all of that. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, they're, they're having fun, but that's Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho's mm-hmm. his own thing. And now you've got all of this ridiculous stuff happening. Yep. And it's, it's great. It's a great time. It's a great time. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch SmackDown. So you'll have to let me know if anything good happened. I'm excited though. The Royal Rumble is going to be 12 hours long, but the Usos versus Gable and Benjamin, I love two out of three falls matches. I think they're great. So I don't. I'm excited for that. Too too predictable, too boring. What's too I also like the formula of two out of three fall matches. Would you prefer a best of seven series that ends in a double counter? No. What's your favorite gimmick match? I think Ant tweeted this out the other day, but what's your favorite gimmick match? Not, not specifically. But what's your favorite gimmick stipulation? I mean, if you count it as a gimmick, probably the Royal Rumble. That's what I said, too, because it technically is. I think what's your favorite one on one gimmick match? Cage match, ladder match, last man standing, Iron Man, false count anywhere, TLC. I mean, I like different ones for different reasons. Like I do like I do tend to like Iron Man matches. Um, but I mean, in terms of bang for your buck, I, I mean, I like a good old fashioned ladder match. Mm-hmm. Like, and I like that better than like a TLC match. I like the purity of only having the ladders, you know, I think it, well, and TLC matches don't often don't always have the, like the belt hanging. No. So right. it's just literally ladders are allowed. And I'm like, well, that defeats the purpose. Uh huh. Yeah. So a ladder match. Climb. I like ladder matches. Although I will say this and it's been a while since i've seen one but ultimate x oh yeah i mean i wasn't even thinking about that because i don't think it exists anymore but ultimate x back in the day was awesome now they have a four-sided ring 
and a new global champion. I still don't see why you couldn't do an Ultimate X, though. Even with four sides. You just oh, would have you, to build it a little differently, but... You absolutely could. Didn't they go back to a six-sided ring? Yes, and then they went back to a four-sided ring. Did they? they? Change just like in the past week. In the past week, huh. they've gone back to a four-sided ring, and Austin Aries, spoilers, is the new global champion. You mean the new Impact champion? Which is called the global champion. But they're no longer associated with Global Force Wrestling. He was holding the belt, and it said global on it in big letters. Austin Aries. Austin Aries. The Austin star, if you will, made his return. He is the only person that I know of to go, well, no, I suppose that's not true, but the most recent person to go from WWE to Impact. I don't know of anybody who went from Impact to WWE back to Impact, like a glorious return to Impact. No. Maybe he's the first. Maybe that's what I was... I don't know for sure if he is, but... Do you have any interest in seeing Bobby Lashley in WWE again? I would watch him in a match with Brock Lesnar just for pure curiosity purposes. I was thinking it would be interesting to see him with Braun Strowman because he could probably toss Braun Strowman around in ways that most people can't. I mean, they're both. The reason why I say Brock Lesnar is because they've both had that MMA training. And while I'm not interested in watching MMA, I would be interested to see what two guys with that kind of background are able to do in in a pro wrestling environment. What about Ethan Carter the Third? I have never really liked Ethan Carter the Third. No, the the very little I've seen of him, I've I've been kind of like, okay, you're a poor man's. Bobby Roode, Triple H, Ric Flair, like that sort of... Like, I think he's a solid enough worker, but he's never... Would he top your list of greatest wrestlers of all time? Just taking a moment to hype our other show, The List, available on the NAI Network. No. No. (laughs) Is he better than Dudley Dudley? (laughs) Probably. All right. Uh, I really see. like Eli Drake, as long as we're talking about people from Impact. I don't know who Eli Drake is. Dummy! Except, yeah! Except that he just lost the global title to Austin. Mm, I do. Well, he used to be in WWE, I think. He was briefly... Really? He, developmental contract, maybe? I don't know if he was ever on main roster. Um, but, yeah, I always liked him. I don't remember what his name was when he was with the, I'm looking the, it up right now, because now I'm curious. Yeah. Oh. He does not look like who I thought he was. I don't know who I thought he was, but yeah. Um, he 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 reminds me of a Ken Anderson yes, type, similar um, kind of. Except he looked. never went off the deep end like Ken Anderson did. Uh, let's see. At least as far as I can tell. Interestingly, his first WWE appearance was teaming up with some guy named John Moxley. Who? To take on the big show. Huh. Now that's a that's a match, you know, I I don't know if that's on TV, but I would Moxley, like to watch I it. like your Moxie. Big big show versus Dean Ambrose and Eli Drake. And then he used the new rig name Slate Randall. Mmm, that's a good name. Alright. Um let's see. I'm trying to think of anything else that was happening. I feel bad for Samoa Joe, and again, I don't think this injury, he you know, he suffered an injury in a match with Rhino. He's not going to be part of the Mixed Max Match Challenge, but he should be ready for the Royal Rumble. What's the injury? Not, something with his foot. 
he like stepped oh. wrong and I don't know if he sprained his ankle or what, but he felt, he said he felt something in his foot during the match. So he's not in the mixed match challenge. I don't know who he would have teamed with, but um, I do feel like he just keeps getting injured. And I guess sometime in the last few weeks at a house show, they had to stop the match again because he just kept bleeding from the face. It seems like Samoa Joe has very thin skin. It seems like he bleeds very easily. Yes. Um, it's just something I over the years that you've noticed about him. I, I, I'm sure it's probably just him the way he is, but yeah, yeah, it is sort of unfortunate, I guess. And you, I think the other thing you have to remember is I don't know how exactly how old Samoa Joe is, but I feel like. He's been around wrestling for a long time. Um, he was starting with John Cena, so as long as John Cena's been around, he's thirty-eight. Yeah, so like I don't, you know, he keeps he's he keeps getting injured. Admittedly, they're minor injuries, but you have to wonder. Like he he certainly never has given me the impression that he really wanted a huge long-term push in the WWE. It seemed like he was very happy just being sort of part-time in NXT there for a while. I don't know if that's because he feels like he's sort of at the end of his career or or maybe I'm just he, reading into it. I don't know. He strikes me as a guy who, you know, I, I do remember not being sure if he'd ever get called up. Yeah. Like he strikes me as a guy who will wrestle here for like four or five years and then easily transition to the performance center. Right. And have a very long run as, you know, a Matt Bloom type trainer. Yeah, maybe. So, and either way, that could still be the case. Um, let's see. Magnum, when I asked for topics and emails, Magnum suggested, uh, do you have any predictions and or wishes for what you would like to see in wrestling in 2018? What do you think is going to happen versus what do you hope would happen? And he did that solely so that I could talk about Bo Dallas. But I do. I think Bo Dallas could win a title in 2018. Not a singles title, but I think he and Curtis Axel have a tag run in them with the way the tag divisions are. No, no, they don't. No, you don't think so? No, Is that not even too high? Yeah, no, it's not happening. Okay. Those two are, are this close to being released. Like, they're, they are not winning the tag titles. You could be right, but I'm, I'm hopeful that that's not the case. Yeah. Um, I do think I will predict that Jason Jordan's potentially going to win a world. Well, I can't say potentially if I'm going to make a prediction. He'll win a world title in 2018. What do you define as a world title? Either. Well, see, here's the problem. I don't think it's weird because do you do you view the universal title as being above the world title? What's wait? The world title is what? The WWE World Championship, currently held by AJ Styles, the predominant title. Is of that what Smackdown. it's called? Yes. The WWE. Okay. No, I view well, them as equals. Maybe, maybe it's the WWE title. I don't know that I see Jason Jordan as a universal champion, but I see Jason Jordan as a WWE champion. I see. Is, I, I see them as weird. equal, and okay. I don't see him as either. Do you think he wins the Intercontinental title in 2018? Probably. Or the U.S. I mean, one of those. Okay. So you th- you think he peaks at a mid-card level? Unless he really starts showing me something? Yeah. All right. I mean, I can see them. Well, I don't know, though. Even though I feel like he does max out there, I have to remember this is the year. This past year was the year of Jinder Mahal. Clearly, they see a lot in him. So I guess sort of regardless yeah. of my personal feelings, 
I mean, I guess yeah. you're right. I guess he could have a world title run in him. I guess that's probably what I'm thinking. In a two-brand system with two yeah. world titles, Jason Jordan could win one. I guess it would you're be right. weird, though, to go from Brock Lesnar to potentially whatever it is, Braun Strowman or Roman Reigns, to Jason Jordan. That would be a step, an odd step. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I, I, what would I like to have happen? I would like Braun Strowman to win the Universal title at the Royal Rumble, eat it, and then we never see it again. Yeah, I mean, in terms of what I'd like to see or hope to see, I mean, I want Asuka to win the Royal Rumble. I want her to go on to WrestleMania. I want her to challenge and beat Charlotte Flair for whatever title she's holding. I want her to reign supreme of whatever show she ends up on undefeated for the remainder of 2018. That's what I hope to see. Are you hoping that she, because Charlotte's on SmackDown, Asuka's on Raw, are you, are you hoping she wins the Royal Rumble and then jumps to SmackDown? I'm not that I'm hoping she jumps to SmackDown. Really, what I'm hoping for is to see Asuka and Charlotte at WrestleMania. However, that happens. That's what I want to see. Okay. That is a great... That is the ideal matchup. Whether it's Asuka versus... You know, looking at just Raw, none of those matchups strike me as WrestleMania. No. And beyond that, like something that I hope I don't see this year, which I'm almost positive I'm gonna... Uh, I don't want to see Ronda Rousey and her other lady friends in the WWE. Ronda herself, I think I'm okay with the idea. I, I, I like the brand name recognition. I like mm-hmm. legitimacy that she could bring to that division, much like Brock Lesnar did. Like I could see that depending on how she's used, depending how serious she is about adapting to a pro wrestling style. Like I could see that being very successful, but I don't need I don't need to see what I'm seeing in NXT right now with Shayna Baszler just being the cocky I'm better than you. Let me stomp on your arm and rip your shoulder out of your socket, Dakota Kai, and I'm going to laugh at you. Like I don't need to see that like i just i don't care play it no. out no i think ronda's likely i don't think she brings the rest of, like the four horsewomen will be in the crowd right they better not be in a match that's all you know, i roddy strong's wife who i think is one of them i don't know I say she's one of them but yeah they'll be in the crowd maybe they accompany her to ringside but i don't think don't need to see him in a ring no um, let's see. What else do I, I, I would love to see the Miz get a universal title run, but again, I, I don't. Isn't it amazing that the Miz peaked in terms of championship reigns back in, what was that? Like WrestleMania 25, 28, somewhere in there. Yeah, it was 27 because 28 and 29, John Cena was wrestling the rock. Okay. So it was 27. So he peaked in terms of. I think that portion of his ago. career then, but he has only impressed. I didn't like the Miz back then. No. I back then I wouldn't have said that he was talented, really in any way. But now he's one of the hottest heels. The promo mm-hmm. work that he is capable of putting together, like he is probably the best heel in the WWE in terms of oh, that. Yeah, clearly and. I would love to see him back in that universe. That's title what I'm saying. Show. He deserves it. Yes. Like his work is warrant warranted warrants. Can't talk to me. 
warrants a world title run. Yeah. I don't know that it's in the cards unless he were to go back to SmackDown and potentially do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see it happen though. I mean, he's a guy. I I loved the whole thing with Elias doing the intro. He comes back. The crowd went crazy for him and he had to kind of like, pull it together and be like, I, I need to be a heel now. So will you please stop cheering me? <laughs> I loved that, you know, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel giving him the clothes off their back. Just, I was a fan of all of that. Yeah. So the Miz is good. The Miz is uh, good. Um, what else do I hope Alistair for? Black make it to WWE in 2018? Probably but I'd be okay with them having an extended NXT run. I just don't know how many extended NXT runs we're going to see anymore. Part of me, now I understand the rumor that Ricochet and War Machine are WWE bound, but I don't know that we're going to get a whole lot of new talent acquisitions. Mm, like I don't That's know slowing down. I don't know who comes next. Ricochet and War Machine, while I'm excited, they're not the same huge names. They're not Adam Cole. They're not Tommy End. I don't know. I feel like War Machine is a pretty big name. Yeah, but that's a tag team. Yeah, like, okay. They haven't no, you're had. Right. A, they've never done, as far as I can tell. A tag I team acquisition? I guess the Mighty Don't Kneel. Yeah, was, okay. Was a, was a pretty big tag team, but they haven't done that. So that's new. And they just signed Candice LeRae, which is exciting. So they can go the female, the female route. But I'd like to see TM61 come back and do something. They're back. I know, but at... do something. <laughs> oh, well, don't talk crazy. Okay. They have so accents. They have accents. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'd like to see Neville come back. Oh, yeah. That'd be I'd great. Like to see whether it's Cruiserweight title or just on the main roster, go to SmackDown and, you know. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. There's some stuff for you. Yeah, some there's some options, things we'd yeah. like to see. I like to see the big I, show come back. Okay, to do what? I don't know. Maybe feud with Rey Mysterio or something. <laughs> okay, well, for the okay. custody of <laughs> Rey Mysterio's <laughs> child. Thought we did that already. Yeah, you know, but Eddie was there, but. It's just a great storyline. Like once a year, somebody else tries to get custody. See, here's Rey the thing. Not only is he trying to get custody of his kid, but I want Big Show to be playing the part of Eddie Guerrero in the feud. See, now, if you were going to tell me that Rhino is going to fight for custody of Heath Slater's kids, <laughs> then I'm like, okay, let's do now it. Now let's do it. Let's, yeah, okay. All right. Heath yeah, Slater's right. kids on a pole match. Uncomfortable. Uh, we've got one more email. It came in during the the episode, and it is from one of the best of the DDT besties, our good buddy Glenn. Hi, guys. Sorry I didn't email last week, so Happy New Year to you both and the DDT listeners. Happy my question, New Year to you, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This question, my question this week is, who would you like to see make a surprise appearance in this year's Royal Rumble? Maybe someone off of the list? Thanks, Excellent as always, cross, Glenn. Excellent cross-branding, Glenn. Glenn really, like, we should be, well, let's not say that. We don't think we should be paying him, but he is really our PR person. There are times he promotes our shows before I get around to promoting our shows. It pays to be friends with Glenn. 
Um, with somebody off the list. Now I'm going to go consult our list. Uh, Tim Horner. I want. <laughs> I'd like to see Vader. Dudley Vader Dudley. Would be a, Vader would be a cool Royal Rumble return. I don't feel like there's enough room on in the male in the men's division. Like last year, we didn't get any surprise returns. Really, we. I think we kind of peaked with AJ Styles. You can't get better than that. And that was granted. That was a debut. That was not a right return. Right. right. But you know, we didn't. And I don't know that we had. Yeah, it's been a while since they've done that. And it's because they've got so much talent. Like, right. unless you're going to go to 40 again, and please don't. Yeah, don't. Instead, uh, we're going to a 60-person rumble, just split across two matches. Um, but really, realistically speaking, in terms of surprise appearances, I think we're talking about people like Big Show and Mark Henry, people who are still technically on the roster, but who would just have been missing in action. I think I think we're talking Pete Dunne, oh, Bate. Maybe. Like, we're talking those kind of guys. Um, Alistair Black. Big Tilly. No, thanks. Oh, man. I like the list. I know you do. It's a good show. Uh, yeah. I You know, I, I think Lashley and e- Ethan Carter the third. Lashley more than Ethan Carter the third, because people aren't going to know that. Uh, Mike Kanellis, just for the theme song. I think Eli he- Drake. Maybe. I'd like to see Abyss, but that's never going to happen. Austin Aries shows up with the global title. No, thank you. Here, I brought this for you. No, thanks. I'm all set with Austin Aries. I'd be happy with Eric Young making his NXT call up. Sure. Yeah, I, it's it's that kind of thing. But again. Maybe Ty Dillinger. <clears throat> Imagine if they brought Ty Dillinger up and he could be number 10 in the Royal Rumble. I, that would be like, that would be a great get... launching platform for a spectacular year on the main roster. I really oh, yeah. think they should just do it. They should just have him come up at number 10. You, underst- you understand there's a real good chance he's going to be 10 again this year. You and do understand that I hope that that's what happens and we can just get a mulligan on the entire past year. Because Ty Dillinger, if you want to talk about the worst 2017s, his is up there. Even more than Kurt Hawkins, who didn't win a single match? At least they're promoting the fact he hasn't won a single match. Kurt Hawkins has merch. Right. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, there's so you know, there's going to be talents... The problem we have this year with the Royal Rumble is that there's going to be people who are going to be like, where's this guy? Why wasn't Zack Ryder in the Royal Rumble? Right. They've got too many people. You know. Now, granted, the Usos are wrestling Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin, so I imagine they're not in the Rumble. We're not going to have double duty like we did before. Braun Strowman's not going to be in the Royal Rumble. He could be. He could be, but I don't think he is. No, he probably isn't. You're right. Like So, you know, they're, they're winnowing down the list a bit. But still, there's going to be... He could be in the Rumble match. Yes, because somebody's... I want it to be James Ellsworth. We see him, like, James Ellsworth comes out and Braun... Eats him. Eats him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and takes a spot in the ring. Yeah, sure. Sure. So, yeah, I don't know, Glenn. I don't know how many uh, big names we're going to see. I don't know any surprise appearances. We see so many, you know, we see so many. Plus, they've got Raw 25 coming up. Which oh, yeah, Hulk what? Hogan. Not, not this week, but next week? He's going to be there. Oh, man. Are you going to pop for Hulk Hogan if he shows up? Probably not. Are you going to pop if Hulk Hogan shows up and announces his entry into the 2018 Royal Rumble? 
then if if that's what he does, then yes. And then he wins. Hey, it's better and than Ric Flair. he goes on to WrestleMania to wrestle AJ Styles. I'd like to see that. Oh, man. I'm sure they wrestled at TNA. Do you think there's a possibility? Because, you know, John Cena's got to have some sort of marquee match at WrestleMania. There's rumors that's got to be a huge name. Like, especially now that we don't necessarily, we might, but we don't necessarily have an Undertaker match. In that world, do you think it's possible that, like, they could try to build around John Cena versus Hulk Hogan? Yes. Yeah, I think so, too. Yes. And and can I tell you, if you had asked me three minutes ago, is there any Hulk Hogan matchup that you want to see? I would go, no, I never want to see Hulk Hogan's bald, leathery face again. Rude. However, Rude, sir. However, I'd watch Hulk Hogan versus John Cena because it is the faces, yeah. literally the faces of... When faces collide. Yes. Yeah. Although I'd want Stone Cold Steve Austin to come out, stunner them both, and win. <laughs> well, what if he was just the uh, guest uh, referee? Can he ride down on a four-wheeler? <laughs> I think he has to. It's in the contract. And then they've got to hire, what's his name, Mark Yee, whoever throws. The, that was always the most impressive thing. That guy, the timekeeper who threw the beers, had, like, perfect aim. He did. Rarely missed. Rarely. All right. What is your uh, piece of positivity this week, Doc Manson? We're, we're, we're kind of in the holding pattern, waiting for the Royal Rumble. Uh, what's on your mind that's exciting? You know what? Uh, before I get to that, you know what I thought was the most egregious and off? This should be a regular segment. The most egregious thing in wrestling this week? The most, the just the worst of the worst? Okay. What was the worst of the worst? Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax complaining about Asuka because she doesn't speak English. Well, that was worst of the worst. Like, legitimate worst of the worst. I was going kayfabe worst of the worst. But... Okay, would you like to talk about that for a while? Not really, other than... Can, aren't we past this? No. I mean, isn't... Not. isn't How... How pathetic is WWE creative that that's the line that you're writing? Like, just, just reducing this person who should be a giant movement within your women's division. You're just reducing her to a foreign trope. Of, oh, she can't speak English, so... Now, I don't mean to play devil's advocate, but I'm going to... Uh, can you guarantee that that was a creative line? Can I guarantee it? No. But I would guess it probably is. I would guess so, too. But that would be my... But you're right. That would be... The... I can't guarantee it. But if so, then shame on Nia Jax. I was going to go with the fact that they made Rusev Day wrestle Brizongo. Because... No, no, that was good. That. That match it was, was good. good. It was good, but it's just that like you took the two and Brizongo won. I understand that. It was actually I we were watching that and Mrs. Manson said to me, "This is like the best wrestling I've seen in months." And she was right. I that match was really quite good. And we're I'm invested in both of those teams. I understand that. It was just the same like you know, you read it and you go, "Okay, let me take the two teams that got themselves over in 2017." And make them wrestle each other rather than wrestling other teams that aren't as good. But, I guess. So what is your piece of positivity now that you've 
opined on the terrible. Um, I would say it's probably Braun Strowman because he had a grappling hook. He did. And dumb monster things is my favorite thing. That should be your new Twitter name. (laughs) Yep. Dumb monster things. Um, I will go, you know, oddly enough, like I could always go with Bo Dallas, but. But you're going to go with Dana Brooke instead? I understand. That's a bold choice. I like like that they won. I'm a fan that they won. But I'll go with the fact that they are building they are building this mixed match challenge to be something new and different that I don't I can't tell you the last time I saw something that looked like this. This is like an original thing that they're doing. I don't know if it's going to be successful. I don't know if they'll ever do it again, but it's something new and different, which in professional wrestling in WWE is not always easy to come by. So yeah. I will applaud WWE for that. Did you uh... Sorry to go off on a tangent here, but no, this is please. sort of news-related. Uh, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, is happening this week, and I don't remember the name of the company. I think it might be like Next VR. I could be wrong yes. on that. Um, they're partnering with the WWE to enable virtual reality experiences where you can watch WWE shows from the vantage point of sitting in the front row. I love that. I think that's amazing. That's really that cool. That makes me want to consider investing in vr way down the road when VR yeah. is cheap sure um did you you know i did you know there's a place nearby in a local town that is it's called i don't remember what it's called like fuse vr or something like that but it's a place you go and spend like 40 bucks an hour and can just play virtual reality games or have virtual reality experiences i didn't know that was a thing yeah i mean i knew it was a thing but i did not know there was one local no yeah hmm. interesting yeah. all right well, hey, that's something down the road. Yeah. Fusing my, my passions for stupid technology and stupid Anything. wrestling. <laughs> Nothing better. Yeah, no, it sounds hey, good. And you know what? It's the most likely chance I'll ever get to actually watching a show. I can be Lime Shirt Guy. That's that's what it should be. You should be able to look you down. should look down and, and, and just see a Lime, lime shirt. Green shirt. <laughs> that would be that's, awesome. That's why he's there. They've been prepping for years. They're like, we're going to put you in the crowd so you become famous on your own. And then... I mean, Lime Green is technically supposed to be like, you know, it's like you could use it like a green screen. You could superimpose anything onto that. So maybe that has been the game all along. Oh, man. WWE is playing. They got layers. That's right. Layers of things. Brilliant. Uh, I want to thank you out there neighborhood i want to thank doc manson of course but i want to thank you neighborhood for joining us on another thrilling edition of ddt wrestling doc manson at doc manson is there anything you would like to say before we head out into that good night same time next week same time next week he is doc manson at doc manson i am dc matthews at the dc matthews ddt wrestling at gmail.com is where you can send your emails and join the show thanks to glenn thanks to ryan Until we meet again, my friends, we will see you around the neighborhood.